Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. This episode discusses which food and beverage CPG brands could get acquired in 2022. Before we get started, I would love if you took 45 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Which food and beverage CPG brands could get acquired in 2022? Around 80% of executives at big CPG companies believe mergers and acquisitions deal-making activity will continue increasing after the lows during the pandemic year of 2020. This makes a lot of sense if you think about it in the most simplest manner. CPG industry has had an amazing two-year run. CPG companies would have likely been more aggressive in 2020, but the environment was too uncertain. 2021 has provided more clarity, and M&A has seen an uptick as big CPG divests unwanted pieces of their portfolio and looks to add upstart brands to spur growth and better reflect current consumer trends. This will continue into 2022 as further economic stimulus, low interest rates, cash stockpiles, and surging equity markets will give more ammo to groups looking to buy. Key food and beverage CPG targets will be within some of the cross-sections of better for you, functional, plant-based, and around localization. The inspiration for this content was that I was recently approached by Business Insider to provide my thoughts for one of their prediction articles that surrounds which food and beverage CPG brands that could get acquired in 2022. As you can imagine, I had a laundry list of thoughts that were too long for Business Insider to include completely in that article. I also had some kind of like wild ones that likely wouldn't have passed a sniff test at a large publication like Business Insider. But since this is the Joshua Shaw show, I don't have any gatekeepers telling me what to say. So here is my unedited list in all of its glory of 10 food and beverage CPG brands that could get acquired in 2022. The first one is Daily Harvest. Now, Daily Harvest is positioned within several of those growing consumer trend areas that could be attractive for mergers and acquisitions transactions. First, it provides pre-portioned superfood-based nutrient-rich meals and snacks, which could be interesting for any CPG companies looking to grow their capabilities in personalized nutrition or influence in the food as medicine movement. Secondly, Daily Harvest focuses on plant-based foods, which could be valuable for CPG companies reinventing their primarily animal-based portfolios in hopes of appealing to more flexitarians. Thirdly, it provides convenient one-step recipes, which will continue to increase again in importance as consumer mobility strengthens in the post-pandemic world. And then finally, the company employs a direct-to-consumer subscription-based model, and those capabilities have grown in importance within the CPG industry in recent years. With Daily Harvest being valued at now over $1 billion based on a late November 2021 Series D round and having loads of celebrity investors in its capitalization table, 
The company might jump on the mergers and acquisitions train by going public through a special purpose acquisition company, also known as a SPAC. I still like them being brought public through the Human Co SPAC, but I could also see a large CPG company adding them into a large play around personalized nutrition, similar to what I predict Nestle will do with its freshly mergers and acquisitions activity that did in late 2020. The second food and beverage CPG brand that could be acquired is Outstanding Foods. Now, Outstanding Foods, which boast tasty as hell plant-based food that were developed by Dave Anderson, the chef that also assisted in the product development for Beyond Meat. It's Pig Out, Pigless, Pork Rinds, and Outstanding Puffs are offered in varieties such as Hella Hot and Pizza Partay. It is unsurprising that the snack food company has rapidly attracted attention as it positions itself as a better-for-you functional plant-based product for both vegans and omnivores alike. Functional food has become more popular in the last several years, but as the pandemic accelerated, interest in products featuring claims that improve the overall health and well-being of individuals have gotten a much larger boost. Outstanding Foods recently closed a Series A in January of 2021 at $10 million. Possible targets for this snacking brand would be Utes Brands, which they would likely want to protect their leading animal-based pork rind market share. Another idea would be PepsiCo, as its North American Frito-Lay division has been aggressive in reimagining its portfolio. And then finally, a lead investor that was on the last round for Outstanding Foods, El Dorado Foods. It is a Berkshire Hathaway company that is kind of a Latin-focused CPG investment vehicle. They could be interested in the brand as well. Now, the third brand that I want to talk about would be Bonza. Bonza is one of the fastest growing pasta brands in America right now. It uses chickpeas because of their sustainability and also their nutritional content. The pasta from Bonza is nearly double the protein of typical pasta, three times the fiber, and a third fewer net carbs than traditional pasta. They also have other offerings that are chickpea-based like rice and pizza offerings that include plant-based toppings from brands like Beyond Meat and Danone's Follow Your Heart. Bonza hasn't shied away from partnerships as a whole. They also have a co-branded partnership with Nestle in its newest Life Cuisine offerings. Nestle is making the rare move of incorporating another brand it doesn't own into its product lineup. That partnership with Bonza could signify that Nestle is more willing to work with external brands that complement its portfolio, but it also could be a way for the acquisition-happy Nestle to discover other brands that could make for a target to buy in the future. The fourth food and beverage CPG brand that I want to kind of talk about that could be acquired in the next year is Olipop. On any given day in America, 50% of adults drink at least one glass of soda. So soda really cuts across age, race, gender, in a way that few CPG categories can. Olipop is using the 97% household penetration soda category to deliver nutritional health benefits out to a broader range of people. This is a functional, gut health-focused, plant-based, and better-for-you soda product. While Olipop may have all the design aesthetics of any kind of direct-to-consumer brand that you'd find on Instagram, Roughly 70% of its revenue or so uh, does come from physical retailers. It's already available in about 6,000 locations and recently secured full 
national distribution at Whole Foods, Sprouts, along with banners of Albertsons and Kroger's and exciting tests that include Target and 7-Eleven. These distribution gains have helped the sales 10X from 2019 to 2020 and also has piled on more growth in 2021. With hundreds of thousands of total distribution points available to the soda category, Olipop will likely partner or be acquired by one of these large beverage portfolio companies like Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, KDP, AB InBev, or Molson Coors. Now I want to shift back into the packaged food space and talk about Simple Mills. In the last nine years, the company has disrupted center aisle grocery categories to become the number one baking mix, number one cracker, and number three cookie brand in the natural channel with distribution in over 28,000 stores nationwide. Simple Foods is a leading provider of better for you crackers, cookies, snack bars, baking mixes, and made with clean, all natural, nutrient rich ingredients. Simple Mills now does a projected $100 million in annualized revenue. And these are within the unsexy staple categories. While the list of mergers and acquisitions admirers would likely include General Mills or Conagra brands, I kind of like a really wild one to suggest. To me, Simple Mills looks like a private label. And I mean that in the most respectable way, as I do think the packaging is clean, simple, and elegant. That being said, what about somebody like Amazon making a historic type move of buying an established CPG brand that does a ton of sales through its online platform and Whole Foods Market. I know it's a stretch, but it's a pretty fun idea to think about, don't you think? And if you really wanna hear more about the founding of the company, Simple Mills, I'd suggest checking out a great episode of the NPR podcast, How I Built This, where Guy Raz interviewed founder, CEO, Caitlin Smith. Now shifting kind of back into the beverage, kind of going back and forth ping-ponging here, is athletic brewing. There has historically been a stigma surrounding the taste and consumption of non-alcoholic beer, but that has started to dissipate as younger consumers popularize the sober curious movement. Additionally, the selection in the non-alcoholic beer category is no longer just O'Doul's and Bush non-alcoholic. Many different brewers have started leaning into the non-alcoholic trend and Interest is rising across distributors and retailers. Though it remains outsized compared to the retail sales in the total beer category, the non-alcoholic beer category is growing aggressively and is expected to reach around 2% of the market by 2024. Athletic Brewing has grown 430% year over year and claims to be half of the non-alcoholic craft beer segment. Athletic Brewing has recently raised $50 million in its Series C funding, and that brings a total up to $70 million. And with all of this kind of funding firepower and having three breweries around the United States, why would a company like Athletic Brewing even consider selling its business? This early phase is requiring a lot of heavy lifting from a company like Athletic Brewing and other non-alcoholic and spirits brands with established retail merchandising. Where exactly does this product fit? Does it go in the alcohol aisle? Somebody like myself that rarely drinks but might be interested in athletic brewing would never discover it because they don't go down that aisle all that much. But does it go into the non-alcoholic beverage aisle? Maybe, but that's a tough section to be isolated with no real material competitors joining you that can carve out 
kind of a planogram section that will expand over the years. These are very expensive kind of tests that need to be done and maybe a large beer company would be better at the heavy lifting within the retail environment. Either way, I think market conditions will undoubtedly lure every major beer brand to the nascent non-alcoholic trend and they'll likely throw big money towards endorsements in hopes of kind of like speeding up this growth. But after they realize it's easier to buy an established market leader, big beer will likely acquire athletic brewing. And I suggest them doing before they raise another round of funding that could lead to even bigger competition and a bigger price tag if they want to purchase them. The seventh brand that I want to talk about is Laird Superfood. And from the moment Laird Superfood went public in late Q3 of 2020, I wondered why a large CPG company hadn't purchased it kind of before or during the IPO process. Laird Superfood is small compared to many companies that go public. Even a year of growth in the public markets has the company only around a $44 million annualized run rate. The majority of the revenue from Laird Superfood comes from its coffee creamer business segment. That hasn't stopped the plant-based, functional, better-for-you brand from expanding organically and through a recent acquisition of Picky Bars to 69 SKUs currently. Laird Superfood has had its struggles with profitability, and the stock is down by more than half since the IPO process. I do think the business is valuable, and I'd be surprised if its biggest shareholder, Danone, through its Danone Manifesto Venture arm, doesn't make a mergers and acquisitions play on Laird Superfood in 2022. The eighth brand I want to talk about is MindRight Foods. MindRight Foods currently sells bars that are positioned within the growing functional food kind of cognitive health space. Mood is an important aspect of cognitive health that is gaining traction in the supplement space, with mood support being among the top four best-selling product categories in the U.S. natural channel. Though only started in February 2021, which honestly makes this merchant's acquisition target kind of less likely, MindRight Foods was co-founded by Rob Deerdeck and has a star-studded investor group that includes Joe Jonas and Travis Barker. If you know anything about Rob Deerdeck, it's that he's very intentional with the brands that he funds and he builds and looks to optimize for acquisition based on the lessons from the book Built to Sell. MindRight Foods will look to expand into other product categories outside of bars. This is most notably in the salty snacks and functional beverages in the near future. If this is anything like the recent momentous nutrition company move by the Deer Deck machine, it will look to merge MindRight Foods with another like-minded company of similar size. That really leaves the list of potential suitors at too many to name. Now, the ninth brand that I want to talk about is Four Sigmatic. And similar to Laird Superfood, Four Sigmatic is focused on value-added coffee and coffee creamers. Since 2012, Four Sigmatic has really been at the forefront of the mushroom coffee movement. Made from chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane fungi species, the brand last reported selling over $60 million in analyzed revenue. Most of the company's revenue is online through its website and being a top coffee mix on Amazon. With Keurig Dr. Pepper having kind of such a stronghold on the home-brewed coffee market, it makes sense to me that they would be interested in a company like Four Sigmatic before the company gets too large. And then the last kind of food and beverage CPG brand that I wanted to talk about that could get acquired in 2022 is Ripple Foods. 
If you look at the top funding rounds of food products in 2021, every single one of these companies are focused on plant-based or alternative proteins. While Ripple Foods might not have raised 350 to $500 million like those top companies in a single round, it did have a oversubscribed Series C round that raised $60 million that brings up their total funding to date up to $250 million. Ripple Foods is focused on developing innovative and delicious dairy-free products. Using protein from yellow peas, Ripple Foods creates creamy and protein-filled products like plant-based milks, protein shakes, half and half, frozen desserts like ice cream. In the plant-based milk category, Ripple Foods growth is outpacing the category by 3x. With Danone having such a focus on plant-based and dairy, that segment within the Danone business is about half of their total revenue, they seem like a great acquirer for Ripple Foods. You could also look at a value-added dairy company, global nutrition company like Glambia that might be highly interested in the brand. So I just want to kind of end on some final thoughts and kind of ask a question, what did you think about my list? And if maybe you had some other food and beverage CPG brands that you think could get acquired in 2022, I'd love to hear about them. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 